Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a prairie proud wrestling podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Changing it up a little bit, um, I wanted to say thank you, first off. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Thank you for all the support that I've gotten doing this in the year and a half that I've been doing uh, been doing this. It's kind of crazy to think that it's still, still going. Um, but uh, I wanted to say thank you for listening thank you for you know just supporting me supporting what i've been doing trying to shine a light on uh, on you know people who are are busting their asses to entertain on a, a regular basis in the on the canadian wrestling scene or independent wrestling scene i'll say because i do uh i do you know cover some stuff in the states so um thank you for the support thank you for checking out the podcast supporting buying t-shirts retweeting you know the new episodes and all that and listening so um yeah it's I don't know, just to kind of in my feels a little bit today. So I wanted to get that uh, get that out first. And I also want to say thank you for all the uh, the comments from the 3D Pro Wrestling uh, Mass Appeal show. I've talked to a few people, heard, got some texts, messages, uh, and uh, I really appreciate everything that uh, everyone's had to say about it. I, I had a great time doing it, and I really love being a part of that. Um I, I go back and listen to this, you know the commentary on some of the matches, and it brings a smile to my face. Just being a part of that, being able to call what's going on, and it's it's a lot of fun. So I, I appreciate every, all the kind words from everyone, and honestly, I can't wait to keep doing more, more announcing, more podcasts. Like I'm just chomping at the bit. If I could do two episodes a week, I would love that, but there's no way that's feasible right now. <laughs> Maybe if I could quit my job and just do podcasting full time. So uh, let's make this thing a huge success. And uh, then I'll quit my job. I'll podcast nonstop. Um, and then, you know, I'll be able to bring home money from that and, you know, not be a bum that my fiance has to support if I just did the podcast. I'll probably just have to keep working. But who knows, maybe one day. So, uh, yeah, you know, hope things are going good for you. Uh, a nice little ramble to start off the podcast, but hope things are going good. Hope uh, hope you're able to check out some wrestling this weekend. It's a busy, busy weekend. You've got the all-out pay-per-view. You have WWE Clash at the Castle or Castle Clash, one of the two. Uh, there's an NXT uh, event, which uh, I'm, I'm going to wager that this is where NXT reverts back to black and gold. That's my big takeaway from this. So there's all that. There's GCW shows, probably like four of those. There's not much for local in Winnipeg this weekend. It's September long weekend, so I'm sure a lot of people are going out to the cabin. But I know CWE is running Thunder Bay on the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not sure where. I think they're doing a couple Ontario shows from this loop but Carlito's a part of it. So if you're listening in Thunder Bay or Ontario, go check out Carlito and uh, CWE and what they have to offer. I think it's the following weekend that that's where things are going to start picking back up. you got the WPW show and the plethora of more that'll be running through Winnipeg and then 3D Pro uh, end of October. So that's going to be a good one. So grab your tickets for that and grab tickets for all the local shows. Go out, support some local wrestling and have a blast while you're doing it. 
This week on the podcast, I uh, we recorded this this past Monday. I was going to say weekend, but it was Monday. So this week on the podcast, I am joined by the young gun, TJ Cannon. TJ was just in town wrestling, and uh, it was his Winnipeg debut. So we chat about that. We talk about uh, his Manitoba debut, which was a few months earlier, wrestling on the Tony Candelo Northern shows. We talk about that. We talk about getting started in wrestling, being a second generation wrestler. His dad was a big part of the Winnipeg scene a few years back. So he touches on that a little bit. We get into uh, some memorable matches and uh, just talking about wrestling. And TJ is, he's young, he's hungry, and he's got a great mind for wrestling and it shows. He wants to learn more and he really wants to uh, get that experience and really show what he's made of. And I think that's incredible. And I'm very stoked to see what he's going to be able to do on the wrestling scene. So without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, the young gun, TJ Cannon. For those who aren't familiar, I mean, wrestling has been a huge part of your life since you were a kid. I mean, you basically grew up in a wrestling family. I did, yes. Yeah. Now let's. Oh, go ahead. I was. That's correct. Yeah, I basically, I, it's one of my first memories I've ever really had in my life. So, let's let's talk a little bit about that because your dad was very influential in the Winnipeg wrestling scene for many years. So, I mean, obviously, you were going to shows when you were younger. You were part of that. Yeah, honestly, uh, my dad. Yeah, it was uh, when he was wrestling uh, primarily full time. I was still a little guy, so I wasn't really going to all those mm-hmm. shows as much. But when my dad kind of like crossed over to a promoter, that's when I was starting to go quite a bit. So I got to see kind of both sides, like the him wrestling and then him running the shows as well. So, yeah, I I guess that kind of hits a little bit more now when you see what he was dealing with, you know, promoting shows and all that as for you becoming a wrestler, kind of knowing what is on the opposite end of the spectrum. No, a thousand percent. And like uh, I got to kind of see what my dad had to deal with as a promoter, like all the stresses and stuff that came with it and such. So uh, in a sense, it kind of gave me a way of how to act uh, in a locker room or with promoters and like, you know, how to present myself to them so I don't get heat or anything. But um, yeah, I got to see basically the ins and the outs of the business at such an early age that uh, it just kind of, like you said, it it, it just kind of like, it's the first thing I know, like, uh, like, for instance, my first ever memory actually as a kid is a, a steel cage match. Like, so that's not very common as mm-hmm. from what I've heard. So, um, but yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely got to see the the different perspectives that my dad had as a wrestler and a um, promoter. So when you were growing up, did you think that you would eventually get into wrestling? So I didn't really think about it until I was around 15, 16. Um, I was playing football quite heavily uh, during that, that that time. I started when I was like nine or something, and I paid, played up until I was 18. Um, that was my main focus. Um, and then once I was in high school, kind of like to switch to like friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I turned 18, I kind of realized, I was like, okay, hey, I don't really have any plans uh, for a career in the future or anything. So I just kind of like uh, narrowed down what I'm super passionate about, and mm-hmm. I decided to go with it. So That's fair. I mean, so – being a fan when you were younger, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you kind of go to the shows more when your dad was a promoter. Were you watching, you know, the stuff on TV, you know, WWF and all that? Oh, yeah. I have like, yeah. uh, I don't think there's been a time in my life except for like the WrestleMania 31 year where I haven't watched uh, wrestling. 
Okay. And the reason WrestleMania 31, I'm pretty sure, was the year I graduated. So that was just a pretty crazy year with like parties and like hanging out with friends and stuff. Yeah. So I just kind of didn't pay attention, but I was always reading dirt sheets. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I was kind of keeping my finger on the pulse and stuff. But I, I uh, for the most part, yeah, 26 years old, I'd say for 25 years of my life, I bought wrestling. So just doing a great job of making me feel old saying you graduated during WrestleMania 31 year. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who stood out to you that you were a fan of growing up? So um, I was very much so into uh, the masked wrestlers growing up, as most kids are. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Kane. Kane was like, I would still say he's in my top five of all time. Um, Ray Mysterio. I mm-hmm. loved Ray Mysterio, of course, as any kid would. Um, but as I started growing up and stuff, I kind of got more into, uh, I, I guess, people that I related to on a personal level as like I decided to get my own personality that I grew up. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh edge was very much so one of those people i i really liked because i kind of have like the same style i like you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um yeah just Ed- edge was like my uh besides the mass people edge was i'd say one of my favorite as a kid and then of course being from winnipeg you gotta love chris jericho um but yeah just as a kid i'd say kane and uh kane and ray, ray mysterio were my top it's uh it's funny because i think like I kind of, I was like you, you know, like I always would, you know, follow along reading, you know, results and right. stuff like that. But there was a period I checked out, but that was really when edge was a huge deal in wrestling, you know, like cause oh, okay. I missed a lot of that. Like I saw up to the tag team, you know, him being edging Christian. Then as soon as, you know, he went singles, that's where I was kind of like out the door, came back in years later. So I missed all of that stuff. Wow. See, so did you miss like the rated R superstar and all that? Like oh, most like of Lita it and all that. Yeah. I saw the very wow. beginning when he was with Lita and then that was it. That, that's crazy. Like uh, I, I, I tell people like one of my top uh, favorite matches of all time actually is edge versus John Cena at the, the Toronto unforgiven when mm-hmm. he, the TLC match, that's one of my favorite matches. And now I would say it was like the peak of edge there. So I'll have to do a deep dive into edge singles matches for all the good stuff that I missed. Do it, man. Like honestly, 2006, I'd say 2010 was really good for edge. So, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you grew up in Winnipeg. It was a big part of your childhood. And then you made the move out to Alberta. What, what uh, made you want to head out that way? So at the time I was dating a girl, um, I moved out here because uh, I was running a skate shop in Winnipeg at the time and they offered to transfer me to Calgary. So I just kind of took the bullet um, and went with it. Um, I did know at that point I did want to start training wrestling because mm-hmm. I was training with CWE in Winnipeg at that time. Okay. So um, this, let's go, I'd say this is January 2018. I started training with AJ Sanchez and the CWE school at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, people in my class would have been like Sammy Peppers. Oh, yeah. Um, Josh Holiday, they would have been in there. Um, I was only in that class for about two, three months before I decided to pick up my stuff and move to Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to Alberta, I kind of put my, uh, I kind of put that on hold for a while just until I got settled here um, with the uh, goal of going to Landstorms. So okay. I started saving up for Landstorm and then he shut down. So I kind of had to find a plan B. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of a, it was kind of a bad luck for me in, in that time period, but uh, I got to where I needed to be. So, Who did you end up uh, training without in Alberta? So I started at the uh, Workhorse uh, Performance Center, which okay. was ran by Ali Farhart, I think okay. his name is. Um, 
didn't work out very well. Um, and then I switched out to the Alberta Wrestling Academy. Okay. Which is ran by Otto Gentile and was the head coach there was Bruce Hart. So I got trained by Bruce Hart there for oh, about wow. six, seven months. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, the pandemic kind of picked up again. We got locked down here for a bit. We weren't allowed to run shows. So I kind of stepped away. And then this past November, I started just wrestling full time, essentially. So mm-hmm. yeah. to, to learn from someone, I mean, Bruce wasn't always known for his in-ring work, but a, a lot of the behind the scenes and all the fundamentals to kind of pick up stuff from him in that regard is a, it's a huge advantage to, you know, you know, you might not normally get. No, a thousand percent. Honestly, like any knowledge you could get from any type of heart out here is the right knowledge as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, they've been around the wrestling business probably, I think since what the seventies. So they, they've seen it all happen. They've seen all the different uh, transformations and stuff. So they know what sticks and stuff. So uh, he might have not been the greatest coach when it came to like moves and stuff, but when mm-hmm. it came to psychology and like why we're doing what we're doing, he was a good, uh, good coach to really tune that in. So that's it's something i think that kind of sometimes gets overlooked is you know the psychology early on you know being able to pick yeah. that stuff up and having someone almost not i don't want to say dedicated but who has a good mind for that you know you, you might get it later on but to have that right away is a huge advantage no a thousand percent and I, my perspective on this too is just like i think we're living in an era of wrestling where a lot of the times it's just move 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 rather than the storytelling you mm-hmm. know what i mean so um i know for instance me and mars uh, i ride with mars specialist quite a bit so we always have uh, conversations about how storytelling is so key into what we do nowadays because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are doing it now so we try and uh talk about that and incorporate that into our matches as much as we can mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it seems like uh just to branch out just for a sec i mean you mentioned mars and you two are definitely two of the the younger guys out on the scene really making a name for yourselves out in alberta and now like i mean you guys have been coming to manitoba more you know we'll talk about that later but really stretching yourself making your names across canada now no a thousand percent honestly i've uh i've had a hundred matches i think so far and i think at least 30 of them have been with mars mm-hmm. so i kind of make a joke that uh he's my uh sammy zane for my kevin, kevin <laughs> Steen. so i kind of and we we traveled across like we've wrestled in three provinces so far so the goal is to knock them all down so but uh yeah me and him definitely have the same mindset of uh trying to get out there and do as much as we can because i know unfortunately staying in one city for the most part won't do much sometimes so mm-hmm. you got to travel get your name out there and see what happens and he's in that same mindset so that that's one thing i think some guys are very some wrestlers are very content you know just wrestling for their hometown doing it the once every six weeks or whatever yeah. it may be and that's hey that's cool if that's what you're looking for for yourself if you want to make more of it and you know get your name out there go to different cities you got to be able willing to you know hey i'm going to go to winnipeg wrestle show there i'm yep. going to go to vancouver and such no, literally. And that's the thing. Like I had my friends ask me what was so appealing about going up in Northern Manitoba to do the Tony Candelo tour when literally we were sleeping on gym mats and stuff. And then people think I'm nuts for doing that, but it's just like, those are memories that I'm going to take to my grave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's, it's, it's something that you just got to do. You got to grind to get where you need to do. You hear all about Chris Jericho and Edge and Rhino and all of them doing these death tours and eventually got signed. So I do understand it's a different time period, but any booking you could take in any different uh, environment is a learning 
experience for myself because mm-hmm. um for instance you going out there to a crowd that doesn't know you you're definitely gonna have to work a little harder than a yeah. crowd that does know you you know what i mean so that that's my perspective on it those like and the candelo northern manitoba tours i mean you you mentioned those are legendary so actually as you said times have changed since when you know a lot of those guys did it but it's still you know something that happens you're still being a part of you know that history of going up yep. there doing that sort of thing so i mean that's a huge benefit for yourself you know just cementing yourself on you know with those tours it's almost like a rite of passage in canadian wrestling yeah. you know what i mean like it's if you haven't done one i, I suggest doing it um mm-hmm. i also haven't done the winter death tour yet but i plan on doing it this february if i could get the time off from work so um but yeah no it's it's a different experience especially if you're uh just used to wrestling in your hometown i definitely recommend getting out and doing it so at the last 3d pro show i i was able to meet uh, tony candelo and i uh, like it was the first time meeting him and afterwards i was just grinning ear to ear from talking to him so i uh i actually got the benefit of riding in his car the entire 40s i was there with him so Mm -hmm. the amount of stories i heard and he uh, he quickly turned into one of my favorite people in Canada, actually, just from the stories and uh, just just his attitude about everything. And yeah, he's a character for sure. But... We were kind of just joking at first. And like I was, you know, he mentioned his upcoming show. I was like, yeah, I have to grab tickets. He's like, what do you mean you don't have tickets yet? You know, like, come on, you ought to get him. And I'm just like, OK, OK, I'll get him. He's a hustler, man. He's a hustler. <laughs> he's making that money. Not to do it, man. But, <laughs> no, even uh, I remember we were actually, uh, I think, Snow Lake, I think we were at. We were standing in a parking lot and he was having a smoke and he sold like 20 tickets just standing having a smoke. So mm-hmm. he uh, definitely knows what to do when it comes to ticket selling. And you see like at a show, if he's there watching, like everybody's coming up. Like he is the godfather of Winnipeg wrestling. So it's yeah not and the funny thing is even when you get up uh, up north sometimes you'll just be sitting there and somebody will say hey tony the person will drive away and he's like i have no idea who that is <laughs> but he, he's a celebrity yeah uh let's talk about your first match uh the who's where's when's and just how you were feeling heading into that yeah um so my first match was actually october 30th 2020 or or 2022 maybe no sorry it's october uh 30th 2021 against steven styles for rcw um the night before i actually had a uh, seminar with josh alexander at uh the alberta wrestling academy and he was told i'm pretty sure to pick one of the students that he felt was ready for a squash match Mm -hmm. the night the night after um and he picked me so i was actually really stoked about that so um i got to debut against steven styles the next night um wasn't anything too uh spectacular but it was in calgary and uh yeah it was looking back on it like i said nothing spectacular but that that night i felt like i was on top of the world so yeah you have that you know like i'll say accomplishment because it is because some people train and never you know step foot in a ring or drop out or whatever so it's a big deal so you get that moment and i mean afterwards looking back like that night you're going to be on cloud nine afterwards and then you look back and you start thinking like oh i could have done this better and it all you almost use it to your advantage to keep improving yep exactly Honestly, even like the first match, uh, I just recently uh, updated my iCloud and a whole bunch of my old matches actually popped on my phone. 
and these are from like a year ago and i'm like looking at these and i'm just like man what are you doing you know what i mean <laughs> so using any type of video especially your first one to show just how far you've progressed i like using that as a tool just because sometimes you get down on yourself you know what i mean like mm -hmm. oh last night that match sucked but if you actually go reflect and see how far you've come it, it's not as big of a blow you know what i mean so yeah and i think that's definitely something you'll hear a lot of the veteran wrestlers tell you after a big match or whatever, you know, like don't get too down on yourself. Don't get too high. You know, you have to take the good or the bad with the good, not just focus yeah. on the bad. No, exactly. I, I have a tendency though. Like if, for instance, uh, if I do do something wrong in the match, I will nitpick that part and mm -hmm. really not look at all the positives of it. But that's something I'm learning to do is like, obviously get more uh, reps in this, this business. So, so, okay, that was your first match. And if my research is correct, then a few weeks later, you faced heavy metal, correct? So that I faced him. So okay. he, um, I don't know if this is uh, like common knowledge in Winnipeg and stuff, but he actually broke his collarbone like or clavicle, I think, like two years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and against Josh Alexander, actually. So the next week after that, they were doing like a, uh, a storyline where um, if Metal doesn't defend his belt that night, he has to uh, relinquish it, right? Okay. So Metal wasn't really in uh, physical, like he couldn't compete in in the way Metal can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that match was really just, a, I, I walked into a super kick and he pinned me. So <laughs> I don't really consider that a match. See, he, here I was thinking, I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. You know, he's fa faces off his first match. Two weeks later, he's facing metal. I mean, that, that's a huge deal. To be fair, though, that does happen, though, with metal. So metal is basically what we like to say, the gatekeeper of RCW. So I've noticed that if we get any new talent, metal likes to go with them like that first or second week just to see what they got. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um when we did take a year off from COVID, I had one match back in RCW. Um, this was this past November. Um, and my second week back, I had to wrestle metal again. And we actually got to go 30 minutes. So oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was a way better one. Um, metal just he, I I was super nervous for that match, but metal takes care of you. He knows he knows what he's doing for a reason, you know what I mean? He's one of the best people I've ever been in the ring for with for learning and psychology and stuff. So mm -hmm. um and yeah, he's just got an intensity that brings, uh, when you're in the ring with him, you, you got to give it back. Otherwise he's just going to run through you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll walk right over you. And yeah. Um, I know before, like, cause we've talked back and forth on Twitter DMS and, you know, yeah. shared some matches and stuff like that. When you're watching matches and almost, you know, like studying tape, what are things that you as a wrestler are watching for? I'm a very big person on facial reactions um, mm -hmm. and just like I watch what the crowd reacts to. I know that's weird, but for instance, like uh, I'm very much so this is going to sound awful, but I don't consider myself a like great technical wrestler when it comes to like moves and stuff. But when it comes to like reacting to the crowd and reacting to like what my opponent's doing and stuff, I do feel like I'm really good at that when it comes to like acting, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I'll watch a lot of that for like facial cues, like when and why they're doing that. Um, psychology is a big thing, like why and when they're doing moves. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I study it kind of like, like I said, I play football. So a lot of times uh, I'll look for like, if I do an error in a match, I'll go back and watch a match that 
somebody I know does it and I could see how they did it there. How did they do it that way? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, essentially, yeah, just like corrections. uh, I like uh, basically learning from my mistakes by seeing what the pros do and then trying that into my game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm watching wrestling, honestly, too, I like uh, getting a lot of inspiration from other stuff because a lot of times um, when you're wrestling, you just stick with your same movesets, moveset, moveset, and then it kind of gets stale after a while and you got to freshen it up. So it's always good to just watch other tapes so you're not just staying in your circle, I guess, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The way that wrestling progresses and you see the evolution of it, even to this day, like you're still seeing more and more of it. You have to be able to branch out and watch different stuff and pick different things to to be able to incorporate for yourself, not necessarily stealing, but seeing how you can use that to your advantage. No, exactly. And that's the thing, too, is just like everybody wrestling is is so different to everybody. Everybody has their own type of jam. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so, for instance, I. I am very much so a WWE guy. I'm not really a big AW guy, to, have, to be honest. So, but when I do watch AW, I do find I'm finding, oh, that's cool. Maybe I should try that now mm-hmm. and seeing different stuff that I wouldn't see in WWE. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I find it's really uh, important to just actually like branch out and see different wrestling because who knows? You might get inspired by something you never thought you'd get inspired by. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh, it's, that's one thing I always say, because you, you mentioned, you know, being more into WWE and there's so much great stuff out there. It's just a matter of finding what you like and being able to enjoy that. So that that's a big deal for me. So. No, I agree with you, man. hundred percent. Um, Now I know my first time seeing you in the ring was uh, the RCW show a few weeks back at uh, you faced Colton Kelly, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was a lot of fun. I mean, you two put on a hell of a match. Very entertaining. The crowd was into it the entire time. Um, going back and looking, I mean, you've faced quite a few people. You've wrestled predominantly for RCW out there. Yes. A couple yes. with Can Am. Yeah. Um, but I saw that you had faced off with Jordan Oliver. I have, yeah. I think uh, that is a huge deal for someone. I mean, I, like for yourself, being wrestling only a couple of years being able to use that as a measuring stick. I was wondering if you could talk about that. Honestly. Yeah. That was like my first, uh, so I don't want to say, I honestly metal metal is a pretty big deal in Alberta, but I was very nervous for uh, Jordan Oliver when I found out that I was actually wrestling him. Uh, I watched some of his tapes the moment I found out he was coming and I, I realized he had a lot of uh, good stuff about him and he's, he's a young kid in himself. So um Wrestling Jordan Oliver was actually game changing for me because it actually showed uh, that I could keep up with some uh, some pretty uh, top talent actually out in North America, which mm-hmm. was uh, really reassuring for me. Actually, um, it was probably my best match to date, and uh, he taught me a lot, which was like one of the main things I actually uh, am very appreciative about. Because coming out of that match, I actually had a different mindset about how matches should go sometimes. So. Um, yeah, and Jordan Oliver is killing it right now. He just uh, he just got booked uh, in GCW in Japan, and that mm-hmm. Japan tour sold out in like ten minutes, I think, or something. So, to be able to say that I uh, I got in the ring with one of the best in the world right now is it's a feather in my cap that uh, you can put on the resume. You know what I mean? You mentioned one thing there that you can use that like uh, uh like for a measuring stick because knowing that you can hang with someone like him being brought in, you know, like. You see it uh, on shows, you know, you'll have a, a talent being brought in from the States or whatever, and you can wrestle in Canada all, as much as you want. And 
sometimes just knowing that you can hang with a top indie star from the USA or Mexico or anything like that, it gives you that little boost of confidence knowing that, okay, you're on the right track, that you know what you're doing, you know, not just, I don't want to say a false sense of confidence, but like, it just adds more confidence, I'd say. No, a thousand percent. And that's the thing too. It's just like, you don't want to, you don't want to let it get to your head too much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you, you could use it as your uh, your confidence booster for sure. But just I always say, don't let it go to your head too much. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously stuff in that match I did didn't do correctly, or uh, I messed up a little bit. You know what I mean? But there's always room for improvement. Uh, but for the most part, coming out of that match, my morale was super super high because I was nervous about that match. I wasn't sure if I was ready for it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day. Everybody in that locker room said I had a really good match that night with Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver said I killed it. So I was happy with it. The crowd was happy with it. Um, and that's pretty much all you could ask for in wrestling, right? So that that's really true. The crowd going home happy, it's it's what you want, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh nice thing is too, which is really memorable actually about that match, is I, I turned heel that night for in Calgary. I've been waiting to actually turn heel in Calgary for the longest time. So uh when I turned heel, it was, it felt really good. So that was a really good, uh, good, uh, memorable moment for me. So are, are you enjoying, uh, heel TJ cannon more than face? So I explained this to everybody. Um, for the most, let's say since November, I've been wrestling basically full time. Calgary was the only place I was a baby face. Okay. So it was starting to feel unnatural at a point because i was heel everywhere else and all my mannerisms were kind of starting to go heelish in a way mm -hmm. um but yeah i i enjoy being a heel so much more um I, I don't know what it is i just find them way more creative um it just comes naturally uh my friends in in who i ride with tony machete and mars they basically get they like the joke and say i'm a dick so that uh <laughs> it just naturally comes out of me so mm -hmm. but yeah, heel TJ Cannon is uh, is my favorite, I'd say. Um, now, I mean, you made your Winnipeg debut. Uh, this is, I guess, we're, we're going a few weeks back. I have to imagine that you did get some cheers there, making your uh, Winnipeg homecoming, so to say. Yeah, I was I was told to baby face it up there, so I had to baby <laughs> face it up there. But uh, yeah, it was honestly it was a really good, cool feeling uh, coming out to uh, that big of an ovation from my hometown. So. Yeah. So uh, that match, I mean, you faced off uh, with Rob Stardom. And yeah. I mean, the way wrestling history goes, Rob was actually, he teamed with your dad for a little bit back then. So there was a nice little, you know, wrestling sort of storyline going in with that already. No, exactly. That, that's true. Yeah. He used to tag team with my dad back in the day. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure him and my dad were roommates back in the day. So I remember going to his house as like a five-year-old. Um, so that was really cool for me. I've known Rob my entire life and, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I'm sure that was neat for my dad to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's the history there, which made that match, that first round match, uh, even more, that much more special for the crowd. So was that your first time? That wasn't your first time wrestling in front of your dad, was it? So my dad flew out, uh, last November actually and saw okay. me wrestle for RCW. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, for yourself, I mean, it was a huge deal that you making your Winnipeg debut, like the feelings you must have been going through. I mean, I can only imagine, but how did, let's see, how do I say it for yourself? It's a huge accomplishment. Now, after this, what do you 
see in the future for yourself? I mean, because I mean, making a Winnipeg debut, that's huge. Now, how do you progress to the next? So my goals in the next uh, few months, honestly, there's some promotions out here that are popping off that I would love to get my uh, my name into. Um, that NEW Wrestling out of Vancouver is just killing it right now. Uh, we got uh, WrestleCore out in BC, which I'm, I'm eagerly wanting to get on as well. Uh, love wrestling. I'd love to get into that as well. That's taking off really good right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, yeah, I just I want to get my name out as much as I can. Rather, that's in uh, the states. Uh, I'd love to go over to Europe. I was having conversations with uh, Michael Richard Blaze about how he had tours in Europe, and he said that uh, he came back a different performer. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that's on my uh, my radar. I'd like to do in the next couple of years. Uh, but honestly, man, it's just I want to stay as busy as I can while staying as healthy as I can. Um, as, uh, I, I tweeted actually a couple of days ago, this is my first time since October, actually not wrestling in a, in a weekend. And it's, uh, it feels unnatural to me right now, but, uh, I know the body needs the, the healing and stuff, but, uh, like I said, I just want to stay as busy as I can. I want to try to get my name as big as I can and just get out to as many promotions as I can. So. How do you balance that? Because I mean, you're young, you're hungry, you want to work as many shows, get your name out there. But then you also have to make sure like, you're not going, you're overdoing it, you know, that you're listening to your body. How do you balance that? So the nice thing is, to be honest, I don't, I I wouldn't say I work too crazy of a style. Um, So I don't do too much stuff that really like hurts that much. And I haven't really had any, I've had a broken nose, but that's Mm -hmm. probably my worst injury I've had. Uh, since I've started wrestling so for the most part I my body's handling it pretty well I don't really have any aches or pains um but yeah I just I just try and uh I I honestly bad answer to you I don't really uh manage that well I just kind of go 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 you know what I mean like I don't really me and Mars are in the exact same mindset we just want to go 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 while we can you know what I mean mm-hmm. but now- uh, I think uh, I always like, you know, to hear who you think, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For, you know, just for people to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, you're young yourself. You're making a huge name for yourself. Who do you think out West that, you know, people should be keeping an eye on? I I will say right now we have uh, RCW is getting a, a pretty young locker room right now. So I will say that the people I've shared the locker room with in the last year have been great. Uh Specific people, I know I've said them already. Mars especially, he's mm-hmm. killing it. He's uh, he's yeah, he's definitely one of the best workers out here, and he's uh, become one of my closest friends. So I'll I'll, I'll say him first. Um, a second one I'd say is Stephen Crow. Stephen Crow is killing it. Uh, he was on your show a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's killing any opportunity he gets. Um, young people too. Uh, Colton Kelly, I, I I'll, I'll put Colton Kelly uh, in there too because I, I haven't really had a bad match with him to be honest. He's uh he's got a good mindset for the business as well. Um, Tony Machete, Tony Machete mm-hmm. as well. He's he's great. Um, and then just all, all, obviously there's the vets out here that uh, have been killing it for years. But like uh, Michael Richard Blaze, uh, Heavy Metal. Um, you got guys like Sydney Steele out here, Bobby Sharp. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. There's talent everywhere in Alberta. It's it, I'm starting to realize that. So you mentioned the younger locker room in RCW. And I mean, I think that's something that uh, can really be something special where you're all growing together, putting on these, you know, great matches and like 
learning and just uh, developing as like almost a unit together, all in it for the same reason, putting on good matches, putting on good shows and learning. I think that's a huge, huge benefit to you guys. No, a thousand percent, honestly. And it's, it, we're all trying to boost each other up. You know what I mean? Like we never really have uh, any negative things to say to each other. We all just want to do good and just make wrestling good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then to even add into that, you get the vets who actually do hype us up as well. Um, someone who's really good at that for, uh, for me specifically is Jack Pride. I found mm-hmm. uh, the first couple of times I wrestled Jack Pride, he helped me tremendously. And ever since then, he's been, uh, I don't want to use this term, but he's been a fantastic hype man for me. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, any chance he gets to watch my match and they'll tell me what I do good and stuff. So the fact that vets are doing that, I think that's teaching us youngins to do that as well. You know what I mean? Like if Mars is wrestling, there's a good chance I'm watching the curtain to see what he does. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and same for, for all my friends. So uh, I think, yeah, just having a young eager locker room with a mix uh, of helpful vets, it's a recipe for success. So I think uh, Jack is definitely one of the most underrated minds in all of wrestling right now. Like he is incredibly smart and he knows what he's talking about. No, exactly. And that's the thing too. Uh, He was one of, so I did ring crew for RCW when I first moved to Alberta and he was one of the first people I remember seeing in the ring and he was just running the ropes and he was doing it so intensive. And like, he, yeah, I, you could just tell he loves wrestling. Um, he breathes it just as much as I do. Uh, cool thing too, is he's a huge Chris Jericho fan. Mm-hmm. So me and him bond over that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like his minds for the business, he's, uh, he, as he explained on your podcast, he was one of those self-taught people and he just kind of picked it up, uh, along as he went and it's, it's developed into, in my opinion, one of the best minds in Alberta. So, um, we had talked about a couple of matches, you know, the Jordan Oliver one, you know, you facing off with heavy metal. Is there any other ones that really stand out to you? That's that's tough. I'm trying to go through. They all kind of, it's like a slideshow going through my head. Right now. Honestly, <laughs> there's, there's been a, one of my favorite matches I've actually ever had was at the 20th, uh, sorry, the 19th anniversary show of RCW in Edmonton. I had a triple threat uh, with Son of Irish. Mm-hmm. and Colton Kelly and that was probably one of my favorite matches the crowd was into it you can even hear us like I can even hear myself think that's how loud the crowd was so that one stands out um and honestly Mars I have a blast wrestling Mars anytime I can um just because like I said we're pretty similar minded and we just know each other so well that we're getting to the point now where we don't even really have to talk we just know our match and what we're going to do and what we have to you know what I mean so mm-hmm it's always nice to have that chemistry with someone, but I got a couple more easy ones for you here. Um, being a huge Chris Jericho fan, favorite Chris Jericho match. Okay. So my favorite match of all time, actually, it's funny. I'll show you. Can I switch the camera on this bad boy? You betcha. I have it right there. Oh, it's blurry. Shit. I have (laughs) So Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 19 is my favorite match of all time. Like Mm -hmm. I, it's, I don't know what about it, uh, the storytelling and that turn at the end where he gives him a hug and he gives him a low blow. Chris Jericho loses, but of course he has to walk out on top. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jericho, Jericho is just great. I'm not, not going to lie. I'm not a huge fan of what he's been doing lately, but mm-hmm. uh, prime Jericho is probably the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I will always have a soft spot for uh, his 
early WCW stuff, the matches there, the way he was able to like basically just go out and do whatever he wanted. And it was like it was the inmates were running the asylum. So nobody knew what he was going out there to do. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And that that's honestly the thing, too. Funny enough, you brought that up is just like I actually watch a lot of that stuff for character work because he was doing the most bizarre things back then, whether it was coming out with his hair looking all weird. Mm-hmm. He was doing that Goldberg, uh, Gilbert storyline and stuff like that. So it was fantastic, actually. But he basically, yeah, it seemed like he ran rampant there until uh, until they didn't really let him do anything. And then that's kind of what uh, made him leave. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, um, I, I always ask everyone for a match recommendation that you think the listener should check out. Since you already mentioned the Jericho Michaels match, I'll ask you for a different one than that. Okay. So I actually just watched this yesterday because this was all over my feed. Um, Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio uh, yes. at the SummerSlam. Eight minutes of just nothing. Like, I, I think, did you post it or? I think uh, Sean Moore, I think, commented Moore, on yes. it uh, because yes. someone tweeted it out and he was just like, it's an eight minute sprint. It's incredible. And I think it's, like every, it just took off after that. And that, and that's the thing too, is just like, I remember I, uh, like I said, Rey Mysterio was my favorite as a kid. So I had all of his DVDs and I remember watching that match over and over and over because I liked him coming from behind, giving him the run and stuff as a kid. But now as a worker and I watched that match, I just respected so much more because it's just like eight minutes and they had the crowd in the palms of their hand the entire time, but it was fast paced. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's funny when you watch a match like that as a fan and you love it. And then you watch it after maybe you learn a little bit more, learn more about ring work, psychology and that, and you can, you see like a totally different side of it. And I think it's, that's one of those things growing as a person and learning more and the match it's just as great, like even on a different level. No, a thousand percent. And that's even, uh, that's something I honestly deal with on like a a database basis when I'm watching wrestling is like being able to watch it as a fan again is very, very hard for me now. Cause I'm like nitpicky Mm -hmm. or I'm like, or I'm like actually appreciating what they're doing or I'm like kind of studying, you know what I mean? But to actually sit back and enjoy and actually watch a a show without doing any of those three things I just mentioned, it's, it's, it's damn near impossible now. Oh, I bet. Like I, I, I'm able to like, still enjoy it but like if i'm focused and like watching for certain things then that's when i like check out a fan mode and i'm just like in you know it's tough it is it's not as enjoyable it's i'm not honestly and this is a thing too is uh i went so when i was at uh in winnipeg i went to that 3d pro show Mm -hmm. and that was my first wrestling show i've ever went to after having a couple drinks and like i had a like that was the first time in a long time where i actually wasn't breaking down everything i was actually having fun you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and actually just watching as a fan it, and I, I won't lie i know i'm a little bit partial to it but it was a hell of a show so that was a yeah that was a damn good show i will say that um it was, it was a really good product i was actually really impressed with what they uh they did that night so mm-hmm. now for those listening if they're not already following you on social media where can they find you so on instagram and twitter i am at real tj cannon uh, pretty active on both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Facebook page, just TJ Cannon. Uh, you just like it. I don't think you get ad me or anything, but not the most active on there, unfortunately. Uh, but Twitter and Instagram, I post almost daily, whether it be stories or new posts. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm on social media. 
And I mean, this weekend or this past weekend, this is one of the few like interviews I've done where like it's going to be coming out the same week. Um, you mentioned this past weekend was, you know, a little bit more low key for you. What do you have coming up? I have RCW um, on Friday in Calgary. Um, and then I got Edmonton uh, the next night for RCW as well. Um, pretty sure this month is just going to be RCW for me. Uh, I don't really have any out of dates right or sorry, out of towns right now. Um but I am, like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back in Manitoba, Winnipeg, anytime soon I can, and then out west as well. So, so WrestleCore, get on this. Let's uh, get right. some WrestleCore, NEW. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it. So I'm looking for a fight. Perfect, TJ. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you so much to TJ Cannon for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I appreciate him taking time to uh, sit down and chat and share his story so far. So definitely look for him out at the uh, RCW shows and uh, hopefully he'll be making his return to Winnipeg sooner than later and you'll be able to check him out here because he is definitely something special. So uh, thank you so much to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I said I would say it again. So thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me chat about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Um, that's where I'm most active. Video clips, retweets, tweets, all that sort of fun stuff. So let's talk uh, some wrestling up on there. Up on Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. That is where you will find first, uh, you know, first knowledge of the upcoming guest or the upcoming podcast for the week. So shoot me a follow over there. Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Try that. Um, shoot me a message over there if there's a guest you would like to see or questions, comments, concerns, and I will do my best to, uh, you know, get them on the show. And uh, all podcast streaming platforms, so Google, Google, Apple, Spotify, all of that sort of stuff. I think that covers the social media. I do have t-shirts available, 25 bucks a piece. Um, half the profits is going to a local nonprofit. I can ship anywhere in Canada or if you're in Winnipeg or close surrounding areas, I'll hand deliver it to you. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe get a fist bump along the way and you'll have some fashionable fall clothing. So if you're outside of uh, Canada and want a shirt, whatamaneuver.net, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. You can grab it up there. And uh, yeah, it's easier Canada to get through me. But if you're in the States, Check it out through there. I think that covers all of the socials and t-shirts and all of that fun stuff. So yeah, you know what? Thanks for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.